This month's episode focuses on the topic of equity and inclusion in conversations with two people. Two conversations alone barely skim the surface of this topic and are not fully representative of the views of all, nor does the district sponsor the efforts of any organizations mentioned within this episode. More than anything, the purpose of this episode is to encourage members of our community, no matter your role, to feel comfortable approaching this topic, listening to other perspectives, and always being willing to learn. There is no political motivation behind this work as educators, but rather a commitment to supporting the human and fundamental need to belong and be wanted within the community that you learn, work, or live. Please enjoy this episode of Winneka Voices. Hello and welcome to Winneka Voices. This episode is dedicated to the topic of equity and inclusion. And as I previewed in our previous episode, I talked about how this episode was going to be about how our district is working to prioritize that issue and support our students and community around um, equity and inclusion. So with for our first guest, I have Ms. Denise Matthews, who is our Director of Student Services, Equity and Inclusion. Um, so I will let you introduce yourself to all our listeners. Hi, my name is Denise Matthews. I'm the Director of Student Services, Equity and Inclusion. So this is obviously a very important topic to me, and I'm excited to be here and engage in this conversation about this important work. Thank you. So before we dive into to the topic of equity and inclusion, just give us a little bit of background about your work in education mm-hmm. and how you came to be in the role you're in now. Sure, absolutely. So um, I was born and raised in Belize, and I actually started my career in education as a high school English teacher, believe it or not. Um, and after a year, I moved to Chicago to attend graduate school at DePaul University. I'd always had um, a strong interest in special education, and they had a really um, dynamic program centered around reading, language literacy, and specialized instruction. And so um, when I moved here, um, I transitioned into a role in Chicago Public Schools and then transitioned into to being a special education teacher in Oak Park, where I taught at the middle school for seven years and then transitioned into administration as the assistant principal of the other middle school in Oak Park. Um, I've spent... Um, a a time in high school. I was an assistant principal for three years. And I think those roles really helped to shape who I am today. They helped me to understand the entire continuum of need of services from grades kindergarten to 12th grade. And so after leaving Westmont as the assistant principal of their high school, um, I transitioned to being the assistant director of student services um, in the Elgin area, um, U46, which is very large with um, several suburbs and thousands of students, and then transition to a completely different district in River Forest, which very small district, very similar to Winnetka, um, as the director of student services. Um, 
I was very excited to learn about this position. Um, when the position was posted, uh, I had some colleagues who reached out to in, encouraged me to apply because the description of the position was really aligned to my personal beliefs, my professional beliefs. Um, I, of course, have a background in student services, but really looking at how do we provide equitable experiences for all our students? How do we make sure our students are included, um, which looks at, you know, our access and um, what are we doing in terms of our planning systematically to make sure that all students get what they need. So that's what brought me here. And believe it or not, you're only finishing your second year. Um, yes. It probably feels a lot longer than that. <laughs> Some days. <clears throat> but we're really glad that you're here. Now, prior to you joining our team, we had this role, but we didn't have the equity and inclusion part featured in the title. Mm -hmm. I would say in the last number of years, that's been a pretty common shift that a lot of districts have made to either create a specific role dedicated to equity and inclusion or build it into student services. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> paired with that in the last few years, I would say that the words equity and inclusion can bring a lot about a lot of emotional responses. Yes. Can be associated politically um, and become a whole other conversation than what is intended here in an educational environment. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I mean, when we say equity and inclusion in schools, mm -hmm. you know, what do we really mean by that? And I think um, probably a really good place to start is the word belonging and just how important that word is. Um, we've got, you know, a hashtag with our social media that says you belong here. Mm -hmm. um, so I was going to ask you a simple question to start, which is really around belonging. Mm -hmm. um, and before I ask you the question, I was going to share a little bit about myself. So I grew up on the North Shore. I grew up in Lamette. I attended Nutrier. I went away to college. I moved a little bit around the country because I married somebody in the military. So we were in California and we were in Alabama, certainly way more diverse mm -hmm. locations than where I grew up, which was here. Mm -hmm. I did not think that my life's path was going to bring me back to the North Shore, not for any reason other than I had married someone in the military and thought we would be all over the globe. Mm. We're both from Illinois, so we made our way back here to be close to our families, but when I ended up taking a position here, which was a, as an assistant principal at Skokie, um, when I started, belonging for me here was really natural because I grew up in this area. Skokie was closed when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, it was a place that kids snuck into to play basketball in the gym when they weren't supposed to. Um, but it was kind of a ghost school because it was closed. Mm -hmm. There was nothing going on in there. Um, and all my high school friends were from Winnetka. So this was home turf. So for me, belonging was natural because it was familiar. Mm -hmm. um, but having gone away and taught in different environments that, that looked, felt, sounded like, you know, foods were different, languages were different, everything was different. That was a really important experience for me to have because then coming back here, I could remind myself, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. The rest of the world doesn't necessarily <laughs> look like this, feel like this. Not everybody has homes like this. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody prioritizes or invests in education quite like this. So now as an adult and now with my experience here, 
belonging, I think, in reflection is even more important because I think I took for granted just how natural and easy that was. To add on one more personal layer, my mom married my dad. My dad grew up in Wilmette. He also went to Nutrier. Oh, wow. My mom grew up in Minneapolis and a variety of other cities because her dad was in the baking industry and moved quite a bit. She now as an adult has reflected with me on how difficult it was to find her way here, make friends, crack into like a social network because she didn't have, you know, any prior history here. She didn't really understand the social culture here. And that stuck with her for the entirety of my childhood. She figured it out. Mm -hmm. But for her to reflect on that with me now as an adult was really interesting because as a principal at Skokie, I remember speaking to parents who just moved here from the city or another state saying to me, yeah, I really haven't found my people. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I fit in. I don't know how to make my way in because so many people around here already knew each other from childhood or whatever. So that's like one layer of belonging. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to share all of that because I wonder for you Mm -hmm. as an adult employee in our system, how does that strike you? How does that belonging piece strike you not only personally, but also Mm -hmm. knowing that's a part of your title and your role? Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because my, my background could not be more opposite than yours. Um, but it's interesting that we've come to the same place of kind of the alignment in, in recognizing that belonging is so important to, um, having students feel safe, having students be successful, um, having a positive experience, um, as I mentioned before, I was born and raised in Belize. And if you don't know where Belize is, it's the only English speaking country in Central America. And I grew up by all comparisons to America, poor or a third world developing nation. Um, and even the idea of going to college in Belize meant leaving the country mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so I grew up in a place knowing that in order for me to advance um, professionally, I would ultimately need to to leave the country and study internationally. Um, like I said, grew up very poor. I, I moved to Illinois and I think that belonging has always been a part of something that I've I, I've, I'm always aware of it. You know, going to DePaul, I was very different in many ways, not just by race, but I'd never been to public school in America. I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand what credits were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just really, I benefited from having lecturers and professors who recognized that and um, afforded me the platform and opportunity to learn those things simultaneously while I was going through my program. And that sticks with me as being an educator now, is that um, without those individuals to really make sure that they were aware um, and, and creating that space, I might not have been successful, even though I was a hard worker. It Mm -hmm. was an extra layer of challenge to learn simultaneously what people automatically knew and then um, obtain my degree. Um, I've been in a lot of uh, districts and many districts where I am the first um, administrator of color. Mm -hmm. 
And that has come with its own layer of wondering if you belong, sure. you know, um, in terms of the questions you get about your qualifications or, you know, the extra look or the surprised look when you walk into the room. Um, but I, I always, again, go back to the fact that I've been blessed to be surrounded by individuals who are inclusive and who have welcomed me and in many cases made me feel like I belong. There have been days and moments where I felt like I didn't. Um, but by and large, I believe just having that access, having that opportunity, having that belief that we all can be successful um, really drives it's it it's important to me because that's who I am and how you know I've come to this point in my career but I also really believe that about all our students which is why this role is so important to me yeah. um uh, additionally personally you said that you grew up in Winnetka mm -hmm. um my met mm -hmm. my um my grandmother was a housekeeper in Winnetka so getting this job was very emotional for my family because my grandmother is the person who's responsible for us coming to America. Mm. And she she worked in this community as a housekeeper for many years. And so coming into this role in a leadership position means a lot. No it means um, and I recognize that when I think about equity work in this district, I, I it. I do not think about one specific group of people. Mm -hmm. I really am thinking about that high quality teaching and learning and access for all. But also, what does it feel emotionally to walk in a building? Do Absolutely. you feel welcome? Do you feel like um, you you're, you don't stand out? Like it's, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what walk of life you come from, that you can come to District 36 and feel like you are going to be welcome and staff and students are going to support you and give you what you need. Okay. And so for me, um, that extends beyond race and gender and ability. Um, just really, I think the lens that I take and I hope that, you know, and I know that as a district we are working towards is really looking at all our students, not, and even those smaller groups sometimes that we tend to overlook and really think critically about how we're supporting them. We're a really high performing district. Um, and it's easy to kind of overlook the fact that some students might not be, you know, um, some families are new to this community and it's been hard to transition in and, um, we've, so how do we support there and how do we support students who learn in different ways and who have different languages and who might have a harder time engaging with conversation and feeling like they belong. Um, so, so this work is, is not just about this department. It is really about taking a lens in every decision that we make to support all our students. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you touched on when you talked about your experience at DePaul and then extending it to your experience here, you're talking about the unspoken, um, common understanding that unified groups have mm -hmm. that somebody coming in from the outside isn't going to pick up on right away. You might think like something here that I know if I knew how to do it right, I would, I would be able to blend or I would be able mm -hmm. to be accepted quicker and figuring that out 
is not something that we should just expect of any new member of a community. Mm -hmm. You also don't want to just rely on the people who do that naturally, even though that's a gift and it's good. I think what we're getting at here is that we want to have structures in place that ensure that it happens for every student Mm -hmm. that comes into this space, every family, really, um, that, you know, even if they don't necessarily see themselves represented, Mm -hmm. they see a hand extended out to them that says, come on in, you belong here. And I do think you're right. I think that the emotional, like basic human need component of that Mm -hmm. is so much greater than, you know, some of the more like formalized, structured equity and inclusion processes or Mm -hmm. whatever that you want to put in place as a district. It's more how do we want people to feel when Mm -hmm. they enter these doors, whether they're a kindergartner, an eighth grader, a new employee, a seasoned employee, an administrator, a parent, Mm -hmm. anyone um, know that there's a place for you. Absolutely. And if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs in order to achieve, we really have to have that sense of belonging and feeling safe first Mm -hmm. before we can um, really engage in in that that work. And I I agree. I think that this is really um, important for us to take that lens of thinking about how we, we can't change. Um, there are some factors that we can't change about who attends school in Winnetka or who is in our school district. But once you um, are included here, what does that really mean? And is there sincerity behind that? Um, I also just made me think of some of the work that we've done with our book study mm-hmm. and, and um, part in particular, what resonated with me um, when reading that book was around the fact that a lot of districts really are engaged in equity work, but there is a, a cycle sometimes that makes that work not successful because it can feel like we're marginalizing certain groups or we're only focusing on certain individuals. And so, you know, as a district, we're being very cautious and careful to make sure that when we focus on equity work, we have a common understanding and definition and that we're thinking about all our students and all our families and staff as well. We had one of the authors of the book come in and open our school year with our staff. And it really, it it doesn't just center on the topic of race. Mm -hmm. It really is just talking about the fact that you need to start by prioritizing the dignity of others Mm -hmm. um, and ensuring that some of the like I think small habits that we have, or even like larger ingrained habits, for example, in a school district, you'd form a committee, Mm -hmm. you know, the equity committee, and everybody joins in and you have a plan and you have a calendar. And I think the book really gets at like, that's not going to make authentic change in your system. Instead, you really need to analyze, um, you know, where everyone is at and how you can approach this more from like a a value-based, even ethical standpoint than, you know, forming a committee with goals and objectives and all of that. I think he did a really nice job of just speaking generally about what it means to belong. Mm -hmm. And I think he connected that really closely to some of the post-pandemic feelings Mm -hmm. that everyone had after going through this period of isolation, after wearing masks and not connecting in a nonverbal way. And I talked about that with the staff at the beginning of the year of just how important it is that when you pass somebody in the hallway to smile back, mm-hmm. to say hello, when someone says good morning, answer them. Mm-hmm. When you pass someone in the sidewalk in town, 
Um, you know, at bare minimum waving that even those small little micro habits Mm -hmm. project whether or not you want someone else to feel like they belong. Um, and then you can build from there. And I think there's this maybe collective need societally Mm -hmm. for us to recommit to that, let alone some of the bigger work, um, that your department is involved in and really ensuring that we are offering truly equitable experiences and inclusive experiences for our students as they move through our system. Yes, I I would totally agree. I think um, belonging and equity work does and include and work around inclusion does not need to be, it can, it can be those little things that you do to help make people feel included. Um, and, and I think that I see that with some of our students. I've been kind of connected to students transitioning into the district and, um, finding where, um, when they have a connection with, um, a staff member or peers or even neighbors in their community, how, um, great that transition is mm-hmm. and how it can be such a different experience when that isn't there. Um, and so it, you're right. It's, it's it, equity work is layered and ongoing and should not just be an initiative, mm-hmm. but it starts small and you, you know, we can all play a part in making sure that our peers and our colleagues feel like they belong. Yeah. I think paired with that, you're never done learning. Mm-hmm. You're never like, I fully understand equity and inclusion. I can fully represent it. You have to maintain an open mind and, um, I just keep coming back to Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental, you know, with every person, every topic, Mm -hmm. um, every idea, every belief. And that's a core piece of our mission and vision as a district. It's a core piece of our portrait of a graduate. It will be reflected in our portrait of an educator. Um, This is big, big work. So even Mm -hmm. though it is a part of your title, it is not yours alone Mm -hmm. to you know, be the flag bearer for the whole district. Um, It's something that we all have to commit to as, you know, employees of the district, but more importantly, as community members. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I appreciate spending time with me. Thank you for having me. Before we transition to our next guest, we asked a few of our students about what it feels like to have a sense of belonging in ways that they can and do show others that they are welcome in our community. I feel a sense of belonging when I'm respected by my peers, when I'm included amongst conversations and activities, and when people are generally kind and respecting. I think I'd just be like a leader, I guess, because I think, sure, you're gonna, you should show them around, but it's also showing, showing the person like the actions of everybody and showing them the actions of how things were. Well, it has a lot to do with friends. People ask me to hang out after school. That's a sense of belonging. People tell me stuff. You know, they they include me. That feels like belonging. I. It also has to do with the teacher. You know, you ask for their help, ask for their feedback, and then I feel belong belonged. They ask for my help on stuff. Then I feel like I belong. I would try my best to include them with in actions that I perform as well as being really kind in order to make sure that they feel safe and being as respectful as I can. I would probably want to get to know them. If they were a new teacher, I think it would be important to acknowledge them and go to them for help because then they feel like, you know, I, the student wanted my help. So that's, that, that's really important. If there was a new student, you probably want to get to know them as well. Ask their name. 
you know, um, get, a, get, get to know them a little bit, ask their hobbies and, you know, you can include them and, you know, tell them, tell them stuff, tell them about you. Show them what people normally do, people who they may like and places where they think that they can fit in best. If you really feel like they're, they're included, then that really helps. It could be just sharing a little bit about you or including them a little bit. Or if you have another group of friends, maybe introducing them to that. And it puts a little extra work in, but it would be helpful for them if they get to know a few other people, not just you. We are joined by a resident of the community, Eric Taft. I'm going to have you introduce yourself okay. um, as, as a person that representing many things. Yes. One is a parent yep. in the community. Yep. So maybe tell us about your family. And then I understand you represent a newly forming organization. Yes. Yes. Give us a little background. Okay. So, well, thank you for having me. My name is Eric Taft. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a Winneka resident and a parent of three. And the group I'm here representing is um, a Winneka for Belonging group, but okay. it's a it's a group of parents that has kind of started a bit organically, and we've started to you know gain some momentum. Um, who are really focused on uh, issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and particularly when it comes to our students um, and their social emotional learning. I think is probably our our biggest avenue of how we want to make sure that issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion are focused on. We kind of have some core initiatives, which I can talk about in a minute. Um, but, you know, this group of parents really started coming together to make sure that there's a focus on this in the community to see how we can really try and kind of further um, improve issues uh, regarding this important topic. Nice. So we just we just spoke with Denise Matthews. <clears throat> and we talked about the concept of belonging. So it's exciting to hear that that is a part of your organization's name. Yeah. Because we also started the episode talking about how the words equity and inclusion, particularly in the last couple of years, can elicit a lot of feelings, yeah. a lot of um, conversations, sometimes disparate, sometimes on the same you know page. Yep. There's also like a there can be like political yeah. implications with it. And what I was saying to Denise is that as educators none of those are really our interest. Correct. Our interest is to ensure that no matter what child from what background yep. from what representation comes to our district, enters a door and feels like, okay, I belong here. Yes. People, yeah. people want to welcome me. There yeah. are hands extended saying, come with us. Um, we would want that for parents too. Yep. And part of what we talked about Denise and I was that um, belonging in schools is a school effort, but it's also a community effort. Yeah. So hearing, we just kind of accidentally, you know, were introduced to each other. Yeah. Um, hearing that there is a parent resident commitment to this on a community level is hugely encouraging because our success as, you know, an organization of schools is only as successful as the community you know, allows it to be. Yeah. Um, and so this is really exciting to hear about. Um, did you say that you grew up here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I can, I, maybe I can tell a little bit of our group's origin story okay. and that can kind of maybe talk about how we, we started and have gained this momentum, but yeah, I, I grew up here. Um, and, uh, the other two women that we I've started, we've started this, you know, group together, um, is, uh, 
Lizzie Kelly, she also grew up here. And so you start to hear a theme about that. Um, but then uh, Sabora Al-Sakafi uh, is the other member. She did not grow up here. So we kind of have this this great uh, kind of the three of us have have met and sort of figured out, you know, like we, we talk about a lot of different perspectives. But I think especially for someone like Lizzie and myself growing up here, um, we moved back here because we had a great experience. And I would say, you know, like my um, seventh and eighth grade homeroom class is like right there. And uh-huh. I walked by it and got, you know, all <laughs> All the feels and yeah. and I comes you know right it, it comes right back and when I when I go into Greeley School right now like it smells like Greeley and I'm like oh my gosh like all of these feelings come back um, so we of course come back to the place and so many parents who are in our group also grew up here or grew up in I would say similar suburbs around the area and I think what is is great we have these warm fuzzy feelings about growing up here but then when we move back here it's kind of shocking to see. Um, that there has not been much change in terms of diversity. And then I think what what is really um, kind of been, you know, I think for someone like Lizzie and myself who, you know, I'm a I'm a white man, like I have not experienced or lived any sort of real challenges in, in my life. And then, of course, you have someone like Sabora who, who moves to the neighbor or moves to Winneka and is of a diverse background. And she's like, what's going on here right you know like and and how much more challenging it would be to to really um try and you know feel like you belong and feel like you have a community and we want all of our students to your point earlier to really feel like they belong nice um when you spoke about just the warm fuzzy feeling i think if you dissect that even further, what it, what does warm fuzzy mean? Well, warm fuzzy means it, it's good. It's yes. a good feeling. Yes. You can't. Know, it, you could define it. Maybe your warm fuzzy is a little different from my warm fuzzy. Is different yeah. from the next person, but it's a good warm feeling. It's like what you want every child to feel. It's what you want every new neighbor to feel. Yes. Um, it's so rooted in emotion and basic human need. Um, that really what we're talking about here is so much simpler. If you could really just like dilute it down to, to what the actual basic human need is, it's so much simpler than some of the other more complicated things that I think are what cause conflict in communities when this topic is brought up. Um, And it's really more about what do we want to stand for and what do we want to model for our kids? And at the end of the day, it's that we are a community that is, standing for warm fuzzy, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's really what, what we want everyone to know about us and Winneka. Um, I had asked Denise at the top of the episode to share a little bit about how she, um, came to be in this position in Winneka for you as you know, you grew up here to now a parent here, um, looking at your own children, um, what is it that you're, you know, wanting out of this experience for them that you can connect maybe to the work that you're doing with this organization? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I would say, you know, we kind of have three core initiatives that we're focused on within the group. And I think um, they, they're, again, sort of in draft form. We're in early days. We, we've only had um, two meetings and we're having our third soon. But um, I think really, first and foremost, we want to be a group of concerned community members who are meeting with, you know, uh, diverse students and parents. Uh, and then in addition to that, just concerned and interested parents and alumni and other interested community members on how we can further support 
our students uh, of diverse backgrounds. And the diverse backgrounds I'm talking about, again, um, range the spectrum of anything we would say diversity. And so I think that one of the things that we have thought about in thinking what's the right name for our group is, again, we don't, we're not trying to make there be political terms. And personally speaking, you know, I don't think diversity or equity inclusion necessarily should have uh, political ties to them, but unfortunately I think they do. And so we really want to just make the focus on students, right? We want to really make sure that we're supporting the students who start here. And so, you know, I'm not thinking about my children. I'm thinking about other children within the district who might have a much harder time not getting that warm, fuzzy feeling. And so I think that that's really where we all really feel united in saying that's the the Winneka we want there to be. That's the Winneka public schools we want there to be, where every child feels um, that sense of belonging. I think the other thing... The other kind of second of our, our planks is really um, we would love there to be more diverse staff within the schools. And, um, you know, I think I, I know Denise probably has some interest in that. And I think Jeff Knapp also has an interest in that. And personally speaking, I work in HR for my professional life. And so much of what I do is focused on campus recruiting for my company mm-hmm. and trying to bring in more diverse um, staff and, and making them also feel this sense of belonging and making them feel like my company is a great place to work. So I feel like I feel very passionate about that and the importance of it. Yeah. And so I think that it's really important for our students to also have get exposed to a diversity of background and opinion. Um, and so I know that's a tough task because my industry is financial services and it's it's a very similar tough task in terms of um, having a very um, typically male, white male dominated industry and trying to make a change there. But we've seen successes. It's a, it's a long, hard road and there's lots of work to do. So I would say that's definitely another part of what we want to do is, is kind of get focused on that work. And so I think that's where we really want to work with you, the board and other staff on how do we make sure that that's something that's factored into what our students are being taught and making sure that that belonging is not just a sense of what students feel, but they're also having that built into their educational experience. Yeah. I think, you know, when I asked you about your own kids and you you were saying like, it's important for you to, to focus on, on others, even primarily in this work. I totally agree with that. But I also think probably where we need to start um, as schools is to recognize the fact that we're preparing our kids for a world outside of Winnetka. Yep. And then the majority of the world doesn't look, sound, feel, taste, you know, all the yeah. all the verbs yes. um, like Winnetka does. And that part of the education for um, the majority of our students is around belonging is not only something we want for others, but we want all of you to practice behaviors that that elicit belonging. Yeah. Um, and so it's and it's our responsibility to do that, that that really is um, when we talk about social emotional learning, when we talk about being kind, when we talk about bullying, um, all of these things kind of root back to what are you bringing to a space that makes others feel welcome and then in turn makes you feel welcome. Yep. And that's really what makes us a community. Um, So I think, again, just centering it on um, not only focusing outward on, you know, other groups, but really focusing inward as well on what responsibility do we have as individuals to behave in a way that makes sure that that belonging actually happens. That's the real work um, that we're doing. Um, And it's a long road, just like what you described. Um, Because even if we're talking about staffing and we're looking to, you know, incorporate um, new staff into our team that represents diversity, 
we need to ask ourselves, why would somebody want to come work here that doesn't see others that look like, act like, talk like, speak, you know, whatever the, again, all those verbs, why would they want to be here? What are we offering? Um, So it really requires some introspection that can be uncomfortable, to be honest. Um, But it's good stuff. You know, if you continue to root ourselves in like, what are we trying to get to? We're trying to get to a space that feels like that warm fuzzy that we're seeking out. Um, If that's the common goal, I think pretty much everybody can get their head wrapped around that. Yeah, so I totally agree. I'm grateful to you for yeah. being here. I'm grateful to the parents that you're um, engaging on this topic. And I look forward to exploring this more. Yeah, thanks so much, Dr. Tess. We really appreciate it. And I would just put one plug out there if people want to get involved. Um, we don't, we have a little bit of a complicated website address. So I would just say you can email me at erictaft at gmail if you want to get put on our distribution list. Like we want all the parents and, and community members who are interested in supporting this effort to, to get signed up and, and join us. So That's we great. really uh, look forward to the opportunity and working with all of you. Great. Thanks, Eric. All right. Thanks. This month's episode centered on the theme of equity and inclusion. This topic is one rich with possibility for how the conversation can evolve. But the heart of our commitment to this work is truly rooted in a desire to ensure that all of our students, staff, parents, and community members feel as though they belong here, are welcomed, valued, and accepted for what they add to our community, making us richer and more dynamic as a result. The interview with Denise Matthews included mention of a book read by all of our staff, Belonging Through a Culture of Dignity, The Keys to Successful Equity Implementation, by Floyd Cobb and John Crownapple. Dr. Cobb was the keynote speaker for our staff's opening day of this school year. Our entire administrative team and instructional staff then participated in a book study with this text this year to further our conversation as adults around the topic of equity and inclusion through a lens of dignity. Ultimately, our goal as a district is to embody the words captured in our mission statement, which dedicates us all to the work of empowering every student to flourish in an inclusive, innovative, experiential environment. We support and challenge all learners to actively engage in continual growth and achievement to make a meaningful difference in the world.